Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, day 312. Today we're talking uh, about Jesus' blood and what that means for you. Because we see that in the Bible that Jesus' blood makes forgiveness possible, it purifies us from every sin, helps us to draw near to God, it gives life. But in today's passages we see what all of these different aspects of Jesus' blood means for our life and how we can live free lives in Christ. Our goddaughter's second child, Hazy, was diagnosed with leukemia in 2015. Medically, her only hope was a matching donor. A young German man, who has to remain anonymous, sacrificially gave his bone marrow. Wonderfully, his donation saved Hazy's life. Can you imagine what it would be like for Hazy to meet her donor. In an even more remarkable way, you can meet your blood donor. Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many. At the Last Supper, when Jesus took the cup, he said, This is my blood of the covenant. The precious blood of Christ is stressed throughout the whole New Testament. It makes forgiveness possible. It purifies you from every sin. Through it, you draw near to God. It brings peace and reconciliation. It gives life. It enables you to overcome Satan. In today's passages, we see different aspects of what all of this means. From Proverbs 27 Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family. Better a neighbour nearby than a relative far away. The ultimate act of friendship. It's such a privilege to have good friends. The greatest privilege of all is the friendship of Jesus. He calls you his friend and shed his blood as the ultimate act of friendship. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. This section of Proverbs is all about the importance of friendship. Better a nearby friend than a distant relative. The advice of a friend is a great blessing. Just as lotions and fragrance Give sensual delight, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. Loyalty to your friends is very important. Do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family. A good friend will not only say nice things. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. The writer of Proverbs goes on to say, Wounds from a friend can be trusted. True friendship involves more than unquestioning approval. I'm so grateful to my good friends who have confronted me with painful truth from time to time, always out of love and with great sensitivity and grace. Wounds is used here figuratively in the sense of causing emotional pain or grief to a friend for their good out of love. However, I cannot help thinking in the light of today's theme of the fact that wounding in the literal sense of the word, means shedding blood. In the case of Jesus, 
He did not shed our blood, but his own. He was wounded for our transgressions. His blood was shed for you as the ultimate act of friendship. Lord, thank you so much for friends, and most of all, for your great friendship. Thank you that you were willing to lay down your life and shed your blood for me. New Testament from Hebrews 9 Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. In its first room were the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place. When everything had been arranged like this, The priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifice being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper. But when Christ came, as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all, by his own blood, so obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? A clear conscience. Most people, most of the time, have something which hangs heavy on their hearts, something they've done or said which they wish they hadn't, something that haunts them and makes them afraid of being found out, writes Bishop Tom Wright. How wonderful to know that the sacrifice of Jesus and the sprinkled blood which results from it has the power as we accept it in faith and trust to wash every stain from the conscience so that we can come to God without any shadow falling across our relationship. The book of Hebrews explains how under the old covenant, only the high priest could enter the most holy place only once a year on the Day of Atonement and never without blood. The blood of a sacrifice represented the life of the animal that had been killed. The life is in the blood. Their life was given in exchange for that of the person making the sacrifice. The priests were not allowed to enter the most holy place. Their work was done in the outer tent, except on the annual occasion. The way into the throne room of God was barred to all, even to the high priest himself. When the high priest did receive permission to enter, his entry was safeguarded by sacrificial blood. However, this sacrificial blood 
was not totally effective. Fresh blood had to be shed and fresh entry made into the Holy of Holies each year. Further, although they might have brought about outward cleansing, they were not able to cleanse the conscience of the worshipper. In reality, it was only an illustration, a visible parable, a temporary arrangement until the complete overhaul could be made. It pointed beyond itself. It was fulfilled through the blood of Christ. When Jesus came, he bypassed the sacrifices consisting of goat and calf blood, instead using his own blood as the price to set us free once and for all. By doing this, he brought together God and his people in this new way. What does this mean? First, you are clean inside and out. Jesus makes it possible for your conscience to be cleansed. The blood of Christ cleans up our whole lives inside and out through the Spirit. Second, you have been set free. Christ offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice, freeing us from all those dead-end efforts to make ourselves respectable so that we can live all out for God. The Holy Spirit and the blood of Christ go together. Joyce Meyer writes, The Spirit could not be poured out on the day of Pentecost until the blood was poured out on the cross of Calvary. Lord Jesus, thank you that you make it possible for me to have a clear conscience and to live all out for God. Thank you that you paid the ransom price setting me free by shedding your blood for me. Old Testament from Ezekiel 16 Yet I will remember the covenant I made with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. Restored fortunes God loves you. Everything God does stems from his love for you. In this prophetic allegory, God's love for his people is described as being like a husband for his wife. I took care of you and protected you. I promised you my love and entered the covenant of marriage with you. The Lord's blessing involves cleansing, clothing with fine linen, giving of beauty, food to satisfy, fame and splendor. The tragic words that follow can apply to us as individuals or as a nation. But you, in spite of all that God had done, they turned around and rejected him. Instead, they trusted in their beauty and used their fame in an unfaithful way. Sin often starts with unbelief, trusting in something other than the Lord. It leads to idolatry, worshipping something other than the Lord, and then to increasing sin, often from our weak wills. The results of sin are dissatisfaction and God's judgment. Jerusalem has been like an unfaithful wife, serving idols and giving them their children's blood. Because she shed blood, her own blood will be shed. The word blood occurs seven times in this passage. He compares their sin to the sin of Sodom. What he speaks about are not the sexual sins normally associated with Sodom. Rather, he writes, She lived with her daughters in the lap of luxury, proud, gluttonous, and lazy. They ignored 
the oppressed and the poor. They put on airs and lived obscene lives. They are the common sins of any prosperous society, arrogance, overeating, and a lack of concern for the poor and needy. When people do not have any needs, they frequently turn away from God. Their worst sin was not to help the poor and needy. Yet in spite of all this, God promises to restore the fortunes of Sodom and the fortunes of his people. He promises an everlasting covenant and that he will make atonement. The word atonement is also found in today's passage from Hebrews, the atonement cover on the Ark of the Covenant, a symbol of the mercy of God. Atonement points to the needs for something to be done to wash away your sins. It speaks of two great realities. First, the reality and seriousness of God's reaction against sin. Second, the reality and greatness of his love, which provided the sacrifice through the blood of Jesus. St. Paul wrote, The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. It's as personal as that. His blood was given for you. He bore your sins. He died your death. His blood atoned for your sin. He is your blood donor. Thank you, Lord, that in your great love you shed your blood. Thank you that today I can know that I am loved forgiven, and can live with a clear conscience. Pepper adds, In Hebrews chapter 9, it talks about the sins the people have committed in ignorance. I'm sure I've got plenty of sins that I've committed in ignorance, as well as the ones I know about. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you that I don't have to make any sacrifices of my own. That you were the one perfect sacrifice that makes me whole and clean before God. Help me to realize this fully today. I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit now. Fill me with wisdom, peace and love today. In Jesus' name, Amen.